If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. This is Dr. Ted O'Connell with the Med Prep to Go podcast. Today we'll be reviewing three microbiology questions. Just a reminder that you can also find these questions and many more at our website, medpreptogo.com. If you have any feedback or would like to get involved with this project, email me directly at ted.medpreptogo at gmail.com, or you can reach us through the website. If you like what we're doing, please let your friends and colleagues know about this as this helps us a lot. You can also subscribe and give us a review, which is very helpful. If you want to learn any more about me and my projects, you can find that at tedxoconnell.com. All right, let's get started with the first question. A 12-year-old boy is brought by his mother to the physician's office. His mother reports that recently has been acting strangely, has developed an unsteady gait, and has had two seizures. He was an excellent student until recently. And occasionally he lashes out in aggressive fits of anger, which is new for him. His family were refugees and recently moved to the United States from Afghanistan. His mother cannot remember which vaccinations he received as a child. She states that he has not been ill recently, but remembers that as a young child, he was ill with a red rash covering his face and body. Vital signs are normal. Physical examination shows a lethargic boy with an ataxic gait and three-plus reflexes in the lower extremities bilaterally. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? A. Mumps, virus, aseptic meningitis. B. Rabies. C. Rift Valley fever. D. Subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. Or E. Yellow fever. The correct answer is D, subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. This patient most likely has subacute sclerosing panencephalitis, which is caused by the measles virus. Recall that the measles virus causes cough, coplic spots, conjunctivitis, and coryza in susceptible patients. Specifically, patients who are unvaccinated are susceptible. Patients typically develop a maculopapular rash that starts on the head and spreads downward a few days later. Subacute sclerosing panencephalitis is a chronic encephalitis that occurs around 10 years after a patient is infected with measles virus. It causes demyelination of the central nervous system. Neurologic symptoms develop over time, including changes in behavior related to school and personality. Eventually, patients become lethargic and develop seizures, myoclonus, dementia, and coma. Answer choice A, mumps virus aseptic meningitis, is incorrect. Mumps virus aseptic meningitis usually presents with low-grade fever, nuchal rigidity, and headache. Answer choice B, rabies, is incorrect. Rabies begins with a prodrome of low-grade fever, chills, myalgias, fatigue, anorexia, nausea, 
vomiting, headache, and sore throat with progression to either encephalitic or paralytic rabies. Answer choice C, Rift Valley Fever, is incorrect. Rift Valley Fever is an acute febrile illness caused by the Rift Valley Fever virus, which is transmitted by mosquitoes or through contact with infected animals. Rift Valley Fever is found in East Africa, with outbreaks also reported in West Africa. Answer choice E, yellow fever, is incorrect. Yellow fever occurs in tropical regions of sub-Saharan Africa and South America. Onset appears abruptly three to six days after the bite of an infected mosquito. The spectrum of disease varies from subclinical infection to a nonspecific febrile illness without jaundice to life-threatening disease with fever, jaundice, hemorrhage, and renal failure. The key learning point here, subacute sclerosing panencephalitis is a chronic encephalitis that generally occurs 10 years after initial infection with measles virus. It causes behavior changes, lethargy, seizures, dementia, coma, and eventually may lead to death. Question 2. A five-year-old girl is brought into her primary care physician due to diarrhea lasting one week. Initially, the diarrhea began as five to six watery stools per day, but has turned bloody over the past two days. There has been no recent travel, and she has not had any significant past medical history. Vital signs reveal that she is mildly tachycardic, but afebrile. On physical examination, the girl appears slightly lethargic with sunken eyes and dry lips. She is hunched over with cramping abdominal pain. Which of the following is a potential complication of the organism causing her symptoms? A. Bacteremia B. Guillain-Barre syndrome C. Hemolytic uremic syndrome D. Inflammatory bowel disease or E. Reactive arthritis The correct answer is C. Hemolytic uremic syndrome This girl most likely has a bacterial diarrhea infection from Shiga toxin-producing E. coli. This infection manifests as a watery diarrhea that turns bloody after one to five days in 80% of patients. Patients are typically afebrile, but experience severe cramping abdominal pain. As the Shiga toxin is absorbed into the bloodstream, it passes through the glomeruli of the kidneys and damages the endothelial cells, leading to renal failure and intravascular coagulation. Answer choice A, bacteremia, is incorrect. Salmonella infections can lead to bacteremia, but this is not an expected complication of E. coli enteric infection. Answer choice B, Guillain-Barre syndrome, is incorrect. Campylobacter jejuni infections can lead to Guillain-Barre syndrome, but this is not an expected complication of E. coli enteric infection. Answer choice D, Inflammatory bowel disease is incorrect. E. coli enteric infection does not lead to inflammatory bowel disease. Answer choice E, 
reactive arthritis is incorrect. Campylobacter, Salmonella, Shigella, or Yersinia infection can lead to reactive arthritis, but this is not an expected complication of E. coli enteric infection. The key learning point here E. coli enteric infection can lead to hemolytic uremic syndrome. And question three, a 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with a three-week history of cough with hemoptysis, fatigue, and weight loss. He immigrated from Africa four months ago and reports no known past medical history. Graham stain of the sputum is performed and reveals normal oral flora. Chest x-ray reveals cavitary lesions in the upper lobes of each lung. Which of the following properties of the upper lobes contributes to its seeding by the organism infecting this patient? A. Decreased immune response in the upper lobes. B. Increased perfusion in the upper lobes. C. Increased TNF-alpha signaling in the upper lobes. D. Increased VQ ratio in the upper lobes. Or E. Sulfatide glycolipid homing to the upper lobes. The correct answer is D. Increased VQ ratio in the upper lobes. The patient's clinical picture is consistent with mycobacterium tuberculosis infection. The patient comes from an area where tuberculosis is endemic and presents with classic symptoms of cough for three plus weeks, hemoptysis, fatigue, and fever. Knowing that a combination of pulmonary physiology and characteristics of mycobacterium tuberculosis are key to answering this question. Mycobacterium tuberculosis is a strict aerobe and thus thrives in areas of high oxygen content. The upper lobes of each lung have an increased VQ ratio, that is, more ventilation than perfusion, and thus excess oxygen compared to the other lobes. Therefore, during secondary activation of tuberculosis, the increased VQ ratio of the upper lobes are a primary reason for mycobacterium tuberculosis tropism. Answer choice A, decreased immune response in the upper lobes, is incorrect. There is no evidence to suggest this is a valid statement. Answer choice B, increased perfusion in the upper lobes, is incorrect. There is actually less perfusion of the upper lobes. Answer choice C, increased TNF-alpha signaling in the upper lobes, is incorrect. TNF-alpha is secreted by macrophages and is responsible for many of the symptomatic manifestations of tuberculosis. Answer choice E, sulfatide glycolipid homing to the upper lobes, is incorrect. Sulfatide glycolipids are used by mycobacterium tuberculosis to inhibit macrophage lysosomal fusion with the phagosome in which the organism resides. The key learning point here, mycobacterium tuberculosis is a causative agent of tuberculosis. It is often seen in immigrants from endemic areas, though it may be seen in many other populations as well. The organism prefers the upper lobes of the lungs during secondary reactivation because of the increased VQ ratio and thus higher oxygen since it is a strict aerobed. 
Okay, so that's it for this episode, but don't forget to check out our other episodes as well as our questions online at medpreptogo.com. And also you can check out Crush Step 1, both in book form and podcast form, if you want to do more background learning on any of these topics.